around the world. The Spirit is moving and a voice is being heard. Welcome to The Voice of Evangelism with David Langford. You can write to The Voice of Evangelism at P.O. Box 502, Kayser, North Carolina, 28020. We'll give you that address again at the close of today's broadcast. But here now is David Langford. Good evening, friends. Pastor David Langford here. We'd like to welcome you to The Voice of Evangelism International Ministries. Today is Tuesday. May the 25th, 2021, we welcome each of you today to this edition of The Voice of Evangelism. Uh, we're going to take today, make a few announcements, uh, going to share some different things, and then next week will be Memorial Day on the 31st. We're going to start the new series, Justification by Faith. As always, I know many people will fall by the wayside because it's going to be a very lengthy study, uh, Romans chapter 5, 6, and 7. But I think once we get started teaching it, you're going to understand the gravity and why we need to know man is justified by faith and what Christ did on the cross. Nothing else saves you. I know that may be contrary to what you've heard. That may be contrary to what you've been taught. But the truth is, Man is justified, made right with God. Some use, use the phrase acquittal. You've been acquitted of your sins. Romans 5, verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How am I justified? How am I acquitted? How am I freed from all of my sins? How am I freed from all of my iniquities? by faith, and what Jesus did on the cross. That was the great revelation of Martin Luther and his 95 Theses in opposing the Catholic Church, believing you've got to go through a man to be saved, or you've got to do this to be saved. And it's not true. It never was true. But that's what religion does to people. So get geared up for a lengthy teaching of Romans chapter 5, 6, and 7. Some time ago we taught on uh, Romans chapter 8. This has probably been a couple years ago. But uh, I just, I, I try to be led by the Holy Spirit. I try to ask God, what does he want me to bring to you? I don't have an agenda. I just say, God, lay on my heart what I need to bring to the listener. You will take that word. God will take that word and direct it and bring great edification into your life. He steers the word. He discerns the thoughts, the intents of the heart. His word is quick and powerful. It cuts asunder the joints and the marrow, meaning that the word of God will deal with your flesh and the word of God will deal with your spirit. God deals with the, the holistic triune man, his being, every part of his being, God will deal with that. So I think you're going to be excited. I think you're going to learn a lot, not because I'm teaching it, but simply because we're taking the time to look at the scriptures and thoroughly, thoroughly uh, exegete them for the sake of edifying the body of Christ and, of course, glorifying the name of Jesus Christ. I do want to make mention today of the Word Network. The Word Network. Every Wednesday night 
at 11.30 p.m. And every Sunday morning at 2 a.m., Sunday morning, 2 a.m., you say, that's awfully early. That's for the people who are partying, getting drunk, under conviction, miserable. Turn on the television. and God, through his word and the Holy Spirit, deals with their hearts. Uh, but then again, when you take on the West Coast, that would be 11 p.m. at night. Uh, 11.30 on Wednesday nights on the East Coast, but 8.30 Wednesday nights on the West Coast. And that allows us to be in 93 million homes on all the cable networks, not counting the vast outreach around the world in Europe and other places through the Word Network. And so we're humbled. We're, great, we're, we're greatly thankful for God and His grace and what He's helped us to do. I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your support. Uh, the, the money that comes into this ministry goes back into ministry. I think I've shared without hopefully being arrogant or self-righteous in any capacity, but I took care of myself in my early years that we would not have to uh, need uh, ministry money to live, that God would help us. And so we're able to put just about everything back in every sense of the word into the ministry. And uh, I know the Bible said the labor's worthy of his hire, but having made provision to take care of myself in my latter senior years, uh, we're able to do a lot more with what we have because we don't take all that money for ourselves. We put it back into the work of God. So Word Network, 11.30 p.m. Wednesday nights. Also, Sunday mornings at 2 a.m. We invite you to tune in. I don't know what channel it is on your cable because it's on Cox, uh, Time Warner, Spectrum, Charter. It's on all the cable networks, and uh, they're out of Detroit, Michigan, the word network. So I invite you to tune in. And if you uh, have satellite like we have, direct television is channel 376. That's Tuesday nights at 10 p.m., Saturday at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. That's both direct television, that'll be channel 376, and Dish Network, channel 267. Dish Network, channel 267. Again, that's Tuesday nights at 10 p.m., Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m. That's the Christian Television Network. So God has touched us, helped us to go and launch out further into the deep and accomplish things for his kingdom. Again, beginning next Monday, Memorial Day, we're going to begin this new series on justification by faith. Romans chapter 5, 6, and 7. I think you will learn a lot. You need to learn how you're saved. I, I, I see so many fallacies, so many denominations teaching so many different things on how anyone is saved. And I hear criticism from every side, but we want to try to enlighten and bring to the knowledge the truth about salvation and how one comes to know Christ as their Lord 
and as their Savior. Amen. I want to take today to just share with you from my heart. I don't have a sermon. I don't have a teaching. But I want to address a few things that we continue to deal with through many listeners. We've heard for several years now uh, the loss of the Internet, the loss of the power grid, et cetera, et cetera. None of those things have happened. And we're hearing a lot about vaccine passports and the possibility that it might be the mark of the beast. So all of this stuff is getting out of hand and it's getting to be crazy. So I'm going to ask a question. Is the vaccine the mark of the beast or now is the passport the mark of the beast? I'm going to quote this verse. I've quoted it for years because it is so apropos in this hour. 1 Corinthians 14, 10, there are, and it may be so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance or signification. They signify, they bear witness in your hearing in some capacity, whether it bears witness, that's false, that's true, that's not right, that's not correct, that is right, that is correct. There's a witness in your hearing that it's this or that. And like I've always said, if the vaccine is the mark of the beast, what's the name and the number? Now, the vaccine, or excuse me, the passport vaccine, that's the mark of the beast. Okay, if the passport is the mark of the beast, what's the name and the number? I'm telling you, you've got to reconcile the Bible verses. You've got to look at them and question them. Now, someone repeated me the other day in an email I'm saying, they were quoting me, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. And that is the best I can say it. We are not there yet, but we're getting there. Now, there was an article the other day entitled Amazon to let Whole Foods shoppers pay with a swipe of their palm. Whoa. What does the Bible say in Revelation 13, 16? And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark or the name or the number of the beast. Now, nowhere in Revelation 13, 16 does it talk about the mark of the beast dealing in any capacity with traveling. If it does, correct me, show me where it addresses that. It does say in verse 17, Revelation 13, 17, that no man might buy or sell save he had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Does it say anywhere there about travel? Does it say anything there about a vaccine? Does it say anything there about a vaccine passport? I'm not, please, I'm not trying to be ugly here. Either you believe what the scripture says or you don't believe what it says. And this is not 
rehearsing an event, a circumstance, or a situation. This is the revelation of Jesus Christ given to John the Revelator, and it is in the first person. As I was sharing with you yesterday from Acts chapters 9, 10, and 11, you've got third-party references, and you can see how something may have been said, and then when somebody retells it, there is something added or something taken away. But it doesn't take away from the validity and the authenticity of the word. That's why we've still maintained the word of God is inerrant. It is inerrant. It's without error. It is immutable. It doesn't change. So when you look, that, that's why I wrote the book, Revelation chapter 13 Revealed. I wanted to exegete, and I did, every one of the 18 verses. I went line upon line, precept upon precept. There are things in that book you will, you've you never heard anybody talk about it. And a semic stroke, that's what the Antichrist recovers from. He receives a deadly wound. Notice his wound is what? Healed. You hear all of these jacklegs saying he's going to be assassinated and raised from the dead. That's not in the Bible. Why is that not possible? Satan does not have resurrection power. Jesus is the resurrection. He's not a resurrection. Christ is the resurrection. Christ is the resurrection. He's, 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 not, he's not that event per se. What he is... He is the re he said I am the resurrection. Satan can't say that. Satan can't declare that. Now, he was lord of death. He was lord of death. They were all held hostage and bondage to death. That's why Jesus was raised from the dead to conquer that and now have dominion over death and hell. Hebrews 2:14 that through death he destroyed him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Satan had the power of death, not the power of life. Power of death. He can kill, steal, destroy, but he doesn't have power to give life. Remember Job 2.6, he's in thine hand, but save his life. He could have killed Job had God allowed it, but he can't. He wouldn't let it happen. He's in your hands. He's in your hands. But, save his life. So I wrote the book to try to answer all these questions. You do yourself a great favor to read the book. And, and you know, I don't push material and I don't push books, but I keep getting emails and letters and questions. But when you see it, and I'm going to read this article here in just a moment. When you see it getting down to taking a mark in your right hand, it doesn't say left. It says specifically right hand. It is specific. How many shots and vaccines have you had in your right hand or in your forehead? Father, in Jesus' name, help me today. My concern, all this wolf, 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 wolf crying and when the real event takes place, people are going to say, ah, it's another hoax. It's another flam-flam. That's why I'm trying to tell you, what does the Bible say? I've never had a vaccine. 
in my hand. I've got one in my left arm. Most of you my age have it. Smallpox vaccine. They scratched your arm with that needle, and then that big old ugly scab came up, and somebody in school knocked mine off my arm, and it hurt like crazy. Man, it hurt. I think I cried. That's what we're looking for, a type of a mark in your hand or your forehead. Does a vaccine, and I know the smallpox left a, uh, a mark, scar, but this purported vaccine is an injection. They don't scratch your skin. They give you an injection through a hypodermic needle. You see, you're, these people that are saying these things, they are violating the scriptures because they're stupid. They think they know, but they don't know. And I'm not, I don't, I don't mean to be ugly here, but where does common sense, the Bible said they looked at the apostles, they perceived they were ignorant and unlearned men, but they took knowledge they had been with Jesus. The, the simplicity of the gospel of Christ. You've, you've got to stay in the confines and the simplicity and line upon line, word upon word. What does the Bible say? He causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond. That Those six adjectives describes virtually every human being. Notice what it says. Small and great. Whatever your stature is in life, you come somewhere in the, in the category between small and great. You come in the category between rich and poor. Everybody does. Small and great, rich and poor, free and bond. You're either free or you're held hostage in some capacity. To receive a mark. The Greek says to give them a mark. And where is this mark given? In the hand or in their forehead. Is, is that hard to be understood? The hand or the forehead. Now, Amazon to let Whole Foods shoppers pay with a swipe of their palm. Amazon Inc. said it is rolling out biometric technology at its Whole Foods stores around Seattle starting on Wednesday, letting shoppers pay for items with the scan of their palm. The move shows how Amazon is bringing some of the technology already in use at its namesake brick-and-mortar company and bookstores to the grocery chain it acquired in 2017. The system called Amazon One lets customers associate a credit card with their palm print. Do you have a palm print? We all have palm prints. But it says a mark, doesn't it? So this is close because they're using the palm. It offers a contactless alternative to cash and card payments, Amazon said. Now, you see how close that's getting to the mark of the beast? And the mark of the beast is not a vaccine. It's not a vaccine passport. It's not a 
injection. But the Bible said it is a mark in a particular hand, not your left hand, but in their right hand or in their foreheads. Been a lot of debate. Why those two places? Well, most people are right-handed to begin with. Secondly, the forehead, that's when many believe it'll be something that you cannot see because nobody, not nobody, but a lot of people wouldn't want a visible mark on their forehead take away from their handsomeness or their beauty. So it'll be like an infrared. Some way it's it's uh, not able to be seen, but it's there. Um, it is passive. Uh, and then it's scan goes over it and it detects what the mark is. So let me read on. The deployment stops short of introducing cashier-less technology at Whole Foods, which critics have said would result in job cuts. Amazon One still requires scanning items at checkout, and the company said it will not impact jobs at Whole Foods. Amazon said its biometric technology will be, a, will be live at a Whole Foods near its headquarters in Seattle on Wednesday and will expand to seven more stores in the metro area in the coming months. Why am I sharing that? Because that is very close to what we're looking for if you mirror it with God's Word. Not a vaccine, not a vaccine passport, not an injection, but a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Now, it deals specifically with two things, buying, selling. It doesn't deal with travel. It doesn't deal with a passport. But if you want to operate in the confines of the system, you have to have this mark, name, or number. If you don't have it, you cannot buy, you cannot sell. Right now, we're not facing the inability, being unable to buy or sell. But it's coming. And this Amazon escapade with Whole Foods is just showing us what we are fundamentally looking for. That's why I, I don't worry about this other stuff. I'm not going to worry about other stuff because I'm looking for what the Bible says. Now, as I shared with you yesterday, we have to be careful. <clears throat> what do you mean? Peter, the apostle, prophesies in Acts 2.17, it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Yet when God does it, Peter says, it can't happen. Wait a minute, Peter, you prophesied it. Well, I'm not sure what that means, but it can't be what I think it means. No, it's exactly what it says. God's going to pour his spirit out on the Gentiles. This is why I talked about religion and indoctrination. When you become religious or you become overly indoctrinated in a particular doctrine, you won't look, you won't listen, you won't consider, you won't evaluate, you won't even weigh it out. It's just, not nope, strong, done with it. Now, there's some things you can do that with. Yes, 
Yes, yes. But I'm talking about in Christianity. And, you know, it is sad. You know, I, I can't get the tens of thousands of views on YouTube, but some jackleg can get hundreds of thousands of videos on YouTube. Like the one lady got a million hits that Trump would be in the office in by March. Excuse me, this is uh, May. See, these are just mere false prophecies. These are false prophets. What did Jesus say? Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Matthew 24, 11. You're witnessing that. They're false. They're fake. They're not real. They're not real. I still maintain we're going to see a civil war and we're going to see a world war. If this is the ultimate end right now, then we're not going to see civil unrest. Yet Jesus said nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. We're not going to see world war when so many men, Henry Groover, Dimitri Dudeman, A.A. Allen, George Washington, that's why I can say without a doubt, we're not there yet. I've conceded. You've heard me say this. I have conceded I may very well die before Jesus returns. I may very well die. Am I plagued by that? Am I troubled by that? Absolutely not. Doesn't matter. For me to live is Christ, but to die is what? Gain. Hey, we're going to win either way we go. We're going to win either way we go. So we, we, we shouldn't be overly enamored with all this hyperbole that we see every, every, every day. We see it all the time. I mean, I, with all respect, people send me probably five to ten YouTubes a week. Um. They send me uh, articles. They send me stuff to read. Um, I, I, I see all of this stuff. I witness all of this stuff. But I, I want to believe I am mature enough to eat the fish, throw away the bones, and look at everything that's taking place in the confines of the Word of God. Staying in the confines of the Word of God will keep you on the straight and the narrow path. It will keep you walking in a path of correctness. Correctness. See, are you truly walking in a spirit of correctness? Or are you walking in error? Are you listening to voices that are telling you things that are just not really true and not really going to come to pass or, in retrospect, misleading you? Now, I'm not going to say all these people are purposefully trying to mislead you, but I will say it's all about the money. It's, it's all about the things of money. Um, and I want to be careful that we never fall into that snare. We never fall into that trap. Because I'm telling you, folks, this, this thing has exploded with fallacies and false prophecies 
and and heresy. It it really has, and it's sad. It is sad, but uh, it, it's it's a truth. And what is discouraging to me is when I hear you know people say you, you know what about this what about that maturity spiritual maturity where is it in your life where is it in my life relative to spiritual maturity do you have it or do you not have it are you mature are you truly growing in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ are you truly moving in the direction of maturity that was one of the things i wanted to also address today was your your walk with god where is your walk with God? Is it one of dedication, consecration, separation? Are you really pursuing and chasing God with all of your heart? Or are you just, you know, waffling along the way or you're really pressing inwardly, pressing inwardly? That's what we all need to be doing without a doubt. And I want you to be careful. I, I keep saying this repeatedly, who you're listening to, because all of these voices at the close of the day, they're going to affect your life in some capacity. Now, someone told me the other day they were um, watching Fox News. Since... The November election, you ready for this? Since the November election, I have probably watched 10 minutes of Fox News. 10 minutes of Fox News. Why? Why, why did I quit? I saw things. I heard things that I felt were distortions, untruthful, and were misleading. And I told you months ago, I learned a lot about myself because of what I wanted to see happen. It was something I personally wanted, thus I became enamored with it. I became enthralled with it. It didn't happen. You still have people saying Trump's still going in, you know. <laughs> and if he goes in, I don't have a problem saying I was wrong. I missed it. Of course, I didn't have anything to miss relative to prophecy. I just didn't believe it after I've seen what's taken place. I mean, let's be realistic. Can you imagine what would happen in our governmental structure if one day something transpired and says Biden is false, which he is. It was it was stolen, et cetera, et cetera. Now we're going to change everything. Secretary of State, Secretary of Defense, every cabinet member. I mean, that'd be a great thing to happen, but would also be a very tenuous thing to happen and that it might be a great opportunity for Russia and China to say, we're going to take on America now because they are truly messed up. They have, they've lost their structure, you know. And so 
all of these voices keep throwing and spewing out all of this stuff. I have felt led in my heart, and I'm just talking to you from my heart today. I don't, I, I don't have anything here to teach or to say or whatever. I just, I'm here to share my heart. And this is why I feel led to, to nurture you, to grow you in the word. Listen, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Matthew 24, verse 35. Jesus said, it's all going to pass. Even this physical earth as we know it. How do we know that? Revelation 21 and verse 1. I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. It's gone. It's over with. New heaven, new earth. Peter prophesied that in 2 Peter chapter 3. Yeah, yeah. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 12, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall met with fervent heat, Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now, you'll have every Bible prophecy teacher, maybe I shouldn't say every, but 99.9% will say 2 Peter chapter 3 is about the coming of the Lord. Nope, because that does not happen at the coming of the Lord. I said that does not happen at the coming of the Lord. He's going to put his feet down at the Mount of Olives. He's going to set up the thousand-year millennial reign of Christ himself, Lord of Lord, King of Kings. This is at the end of that. This is at the end of that. Yet prophecy teachers say, no, that's the, that's the second advent. Christ does not destroy the earth and the heavens and create new ones at his second advent. You know, I was listening to someone over the weekend teach and I just sat there and I said, man, this is some crazy stuff. Because what I was hearing did not align with the word of God. It, it, it just wasn't there. You know, I had a gentleman email me some time ago and he asked, the, he wanted to know where a Bible verse was. Because he said his daddy always said, you get the kind of government you deserve relative to the nation and how the people vote. Where's that in the Bible? Well, it doesn't actually say that. But it says like in Psalms 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalteth the nation, but sin is a reproach unto any people. Uh, Proverbs 29, 2, uh, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. Now, that's the closest to that phrase that brother asked me. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. When the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. See, that's, that's the closest to that paraphrase. You get the kind of government you deserve. You know, you got people who say they, say they were Christians, they voted for Biden. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Same-sex marriage, abortion, all the, all the bad stuff. And they're Christians. They're just Christian in name only. They honor God with their mouth. They honor God with their lips, but their hearts are far from him. Listen, you can't have the heart of God and stand with sin and sinners. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. If you seek to do it, this is how you get deceived. Now, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. 
Listen, <laughs> you got homosexuals saying they're Christians. How can this be? You got adulterers, you got fornicators, you got drunkards. I'm a Christian too. This world is becoming more and more detached from reality than ever before. And this is why, as a believer, you must consecrate, you must dedicate yourself to Christ. If I were to say something like, do you spend half as much time in prayer and Bible study as you do all the programs you're listening to and all the articles you're reading, what would, you, what would your answer be? That's, that's not to be a slam. That's not to castigate you. That's not to put you down. But I'm telling you, we need consecration in our lives. We need dedication in our lives to God's Word and, and our prayer lives. We, we, we need to be solid. We're supposed to be unmovable. That's why when I hear all of these things, vaccine, vaccine, passport, this, I just blow it off. I'm not going to waste my time on that. I'm, I feel like, in a sense, I might be wasting a little time today to try to help some people. But if I'm helping you, then I'm not wasting my time. But I want you to understand, you're going to hear a lot of things. And you're going to see a lot of things. But mirror what you hear and what you see with the Word of God. Is it accurate? Does the mark of the beast, according to Revelation 13, verses 16 through 18, does it talk about travel? Does it talk about an injection? Does it talk about a vaccine? Does it talk about a vaccine passport? Does it? You know, I only do two radio programs a week. I do Talking It Out with Lorray. I'm now doing the television ministry. You would probably be amazed. I don't say that arrogantly either, God forbid. How much time I spend studying so that when I come to this microphone or I come to a television camera, whatever, I have something to say from the Word of God. When we start next week teaching justification by faith, we're digging up those verses. We're, we're, we're dissecting them. We're exegeting them. I want you to grow in grace and in knowledge so that when the, the real troubles and the real mark of the beast and all of these things happen, we can identify and say that is that. That's what the Bible said. You know, you've had people for years say, you're never going to see a real antichrist. It's just a system. Well, that's funny to me. In Daniel chapter 7, he has a body. And his body's given over to the flames. Doesn't say it's a system. Doesn't say it's an organization, an institution. It says it's a man. Revelation 19. When Christ returns, he takes the Antichrist and the false prophet, and he casts them both alive into the lake of fire. Does it say an institution, an organization, a system? It says it's two men. 
and they're cast alive, they go straight to, to the lake of fire. They don't even go to hell and wait for the resurrection. How you like that? As a matter of fact, you want to draw a little controversy? They are not even, they're never, they're not even allowed to die. Revelation 19, 20, and the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him. There's your personal pronoun, him. He's called a beast, but then he's called a him. With which he, personal pronoun, deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his, personal pronoun of a man, his image. These both were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. Revelation 20, verse 10, and the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. So the false prophet and the antichrist are in the lake of fire a thousand years before the devil is. How do I know? That's what the Bible says. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire. They, 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 weren't, they weren't afforded the opportunity to die like normal men and go to hell. And then at the end of the thousand-year millennial reign, be resurrected at the great white throne judgment in Revelation 20, beginning at verse 11. They just shoot straight off to the lake of fire. They, they bypass hell because God says, you're going there anyway, and I'm going to get you a head start. I think you're making that up. I just shared with you Revelation 19 and 20 and Revelation 20, verse 10. But that's exactly what it says. Not making it up, not twisting it. Yet, yet I see so much of that today. And I see all this stuff about aliens, aliens, aliens. Folks, it's not going to be aliens, it's demons. It's demons. Remember, demons are disembodied spirits. If they're disembodied, they can take on any form they want to take. Metamorphous. They're going to change. Remember, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Wait a minute, he's the devil. He steals, he kills, he destroys. But he's going to be transformed, or he can be transformed into an angel of light, and therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. These men, because they're Satan's emissaries, they have transformational power as well. Now, if they're demon-possessed, then I would say that's more their personality, their behavior. I don't think they're going to change. That You can see contortion and disfigurement by the entity living in them, but as far as changing, you know, from a man to a woman or a woman to a man or a beast or animal, I don't see the human being doing that, but I see the spirit of that working in their bodies. See, I, I've, I've dealt with some demon-possessed people, and you can see the contortion. You can see the disfigurement, the twisting of their, uh, their, their bodies when you're dealing with the demon. Matter of fact, I can't recall the name of the drug, but there's people having these contortions and disfigurement. Now there's a drug for it. Pharmacia 
Revelation 9 and 21, they repented not. They repented not. You see, again, what does all men have to do? All men have to repent. Repented not of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Sorceries, as you all know, is pharmacia. We get our English word pharmacy, and us country folk call them drugstores. Let's run down to the drugstore and get this. Go to the drugstore and get your prescription filled. So they never repent of their drugs, their pharmacia. And, you know, I'm, I'm blessed. Uh, I have to take a little Rolaid anti-acid when I eat too much Mexican food or something like that. But other than that, I don't take anything. I've been blessed. I don't take any medication whatsoever. And I have great empathy uh, for those who do. I, My friend who has the nasal cancer he 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 emailed the text me the other day and he he named off you know a dozen drugs and, and and i thought man he's putting so much stuff in his body it's 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 just not good uh you know pain medication all sorts of stuff uh, i don't know all the cancer drugs but but my point is and please keep praying for him you know, I, I was I was praying the other day, and I said, God, don't let him, if you heal him, and I'm believing you will heal him in some capacity, don't let him forget you. Uh, you know, Jesus healed uh, 10 lepers, and one only one came back to give thanks. One. One. Where, where are the other nine, he said? Where are they? People can be unthankful. And that's one of the prophetic signs in 2 Timothy chapter 3, unthankful. I, I don't want to be like that. I do not want to be like that whatsoever. In closing today, I want to talk to you about your prayer life. Do you really pray? You've heard me use the phrase courtesy prayer. You know, that's when you pray when you're about to eat or, you know, you brush your teeth, you jump into bed. Lord, uh, thank you for the day. Bless me and give me a good night's rest and good night and you, you doze off. That's not the kind of prayer life I'm talking about. The prayer life I'm speaking of is when you dedicate a certain time and it don't have to be the same time. You know, I, there's, I, I always change up things in my life. You know, there are, I, I will set goals. Uh, I'll spend 30 days, an hour a day in prayer and not miss a day. And there's some days I just pray 10 minutes. Some days 20 minutes, some days 30 minutes. It, just, it depends because I, I, I understand works don't get me anything with God. I, I have those works because I love God. I love him. Um, some days I'll spend six, seven hours in the Bible. Are you bragging? No. I'm just trying to tell you. You see, when we get into this justification by faith, when you become that new person in Christ, you have new desires, you have a new will. 
and it, you want intimacy with God. You want closeness with God. You want to know God. See, people who are, are, are not there, oh, I can get by without talking to God. I can get by without serving God in, in, in a way, in a consecrated way. I, I, can, I can just get by. No, you can't. No, you can't. You see, when the day came for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be cast into the fiery furnace, they said, we're not careful or we're, we're not uh, quick to, to, uh, or slow to answer you. We know what we're going to do. We're not, we're not worried about this deal. Either God will deliver us or he won't. But either way, if we die, we're still delivered out of your hand, old king. And we're not bowing. We're not giving in. And they didn't. But God saved them. God preserved them. Did he take them out of the fire? No, sir. Right there in the fire with them. Why? Because I am certitude they were consecrated men. And they, now imagine this. I don't know how many hundreds, if not thousands, were there in that vast arena, that huge gala. And, and they play the music. And they say to everybody, you got to bow. And everybody bows except what? Three guys. Three guys. Now, they stand out like sore thumbs in a hammer factory because they're the only three not bowing. Now, I'm not sure if Daniel was there. Had he been there, I believe they'd have put him in the fire furnace. But he was, he was up in, in, you might say, management leadership. But these were there, and they they didn't bow. And, you know, it's just like the devil. We're going to give you a second chance. In other words, that's the devil and his ability to prolong the temptation, to prolong the trial, to make it longer. I'm going to make this thing longer. So this vast, great gala is taking place. Everybody bows but three. Well, since you're Hebrew, we're Gentiles, we're Babylonians. Maybe you don't understand the language. Maybe you don't understand the customs, but we're going to give you a second chance. Now, we're going to start playing all of these instruments, and at this particular time, you fall down and you worship this statue, this idol. You got it? You understand that? We understand, but we're not bowing. Because they honored God publicly, God honored them publicly. That's the, that was the doctrine of confession before Jesus taught it in Matthew 10, verses 32, 33. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever therefore shall deny me before men, him will I deny also before my Father which is in heaven. So, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego embraced the doctrine of confession. Hey, we're Israelites, Elohim, Jehovah, that's who we serve. That's who we bow to. And they wouldn't bow. What made them rigid? What made them strong? I believe their consecration. We, we don't know the things we're going to encounter as we as we near the end of the age, 
Jesus gives us a litany of things in Matthew 24, but we don't know personally how it will come to us. As I've taught you before in Acts 1 and 8, he said, you're going to go into Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. Then in Acts chapter 8, verse 1, we see them going into Judea and Samaria. But what did it? Persecution. That was the impetus. That was the power that drove them to go get the gospel message out and to all the world. We don't know how it will unfold. And so between your prayer life and your understanding of the Scriptures, embracing the Word of God, it's going to help you navigate everything that's going on. And as I said a few moments ago, I haven't watched 10 minutes of Fox News. Somebody emailed me or said, did you see this or did you see that? Somebody said the Hannity interviewed Trump the other night. I said, no, I didn't see it. You know, because everything affects you. You know, we want the voice of evangelism to affect you positively. And we want to keep you in the peace of God. You know, we're going to share this in the teaching. But Paul says, you're justified by faith in Jesus Christ, and you have peace with God. Isn't, isn't that beautiful? I remember the night I came back to the Lord. I remember how I suddenly, I had peace with God. Why? My relationship was right. And Jesus, and I'll teach this, Jesus gave them a measure of that peace before the cross, peace with God. Well, how did they get that before the cross? John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. He said, I'm going to give you something. And you're going to get, you're going to get the fullness of it following Pentecost. Death, burial, and resurrection, Pentecost. And it's going to be by faith in what I do on the cross that's going to give you this peace because you believe in it, it's going to save you. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Believe in what Jesus did on the cross and that's what saves you. It's just that simple. All of this other paraphernalia and do's and don'ts and this and that, we just we do those things because we are saved. Cornelius was doing right. He was saved. But he had to be told about the Holy Ghost. He had, to, he had to have that experience. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know what to do. He knew what John the Baptist said. I believe that. He knew John preached water baptism, but he said, John said, you're going to also be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Where is this now? And then God was so gracious to deal with Cornelius with an angelic visitation, it says, you got to go call for this man named Simon Peter. He's at Simon the Tanner's house in Joppa. And bring him to your house, and he's going to preach. And you and your house, your family, your friends, are going to receive the Holy Ghost. I want, I want you 
strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know, the day may come I won't be here. I could die. The internet could eventually go down. The power grid could eventually go down. I've heard that forever, but we're still up and running. And my my son-in-law uh, still works for Duke Energy. And when all this COVID stuff was going on, they were making them stay at the shop and sleep there to make sure the power grid stayed up. My youngest son went and worked for Utilities. That's the name of the company, Utilities, for quite some time. They made him do the same thing. But everybody's telling us it's going down, it's going down, it's going down. Yet my knowledge, direct knowledge, my son-in-law says, man, they're keeping us up. It, when They're not going to let it go down. Now, that doesn't mean a terrorist couldn't strike or do something, but they were doing everything in their power to make sure nothing out of the way happened. Work on your prayer life. Start out five, ten minutes every day. I'll tell you what. I promise you this. You spend just ten minutes a day in prayer. Just, just get on your knees. Get along with God. Watch the peace of God grow in your heart. Watch it. You know, when I was in elementary school, we would grow stuff, get a milk carton, cut it in half, put dirt in it, plant a seed and water it and all this stuff. And, and watch the magnificence of it growing. You spend 10 minutes every day, just 10 minutes, 70, out, 70 minutes a week in prayer, and you watch how you grow. You watch how spiritually stable you become. And you know what? You begin to realize what is important, what is significance, and how truly God can change your life. God bless you. We love you in the Lord. I'll see you Monday, and uh, we're going to start this new series, Justification by Faith. The Voice of Evangelism with David Langford is brought to you by the faithful listeners and supporters throughout America. If you're looking for an uncompromising message, we invite you to tune in each week to The Voice of Evangelism. For more information, write to The Voice of Evangelism at P.O. Box 502, Kayser, North Carolina, 28020. That's P.O. Box 502, Kayser, North Carolina, 28020.